We are here live from the Robert Adelme studio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Attention Podcast. Potty. How we going, mate? Evening, Grego. Doing well as always, mate. Doing well. Mate, we're a bit late this week. We're a bit late. Yep. We've had a lot on our plate. Our listeners out there would have been wondering what is going on. Mate, they would have been hitting refresh, refresh, refresh on the podcast uh, stream reel. Uh, but we're here. We are here. Should we get into it, mate? Let's get stuck right in. Potty, we're here. Welcome back. How you feeling, mate? Mate, I'm feeling a bit better later in the week than I was earlier in the week. Oh, yeah. It's school holidays, though. How oh, good are school holidays? How good. Now, the listeners, they know we're educators. Oh, yes. We, nothing we love more than a good holiday. And for any of you out there who are listening who aren't in the teaching game, you'd be going, that's all you do. Have holidays. You do nothing. You bludges. Yeah. I can assure you. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly is this week. That is for sure. Oh, <laughs> yes. We do marking and all that other nonsense. But anyway, let's not bore the listeners with all that rubbish. No, no. What do they really want to hear about, though? They want to know what's caught your eye, mate. What has been happening in the world of potty? Well, mate, something big this week. Something huge. A big surprise for the listeners out there. Myself and you, Grego. We mm. tackled a marathon last weekend. Marathon. We are marathon runners. We are. Not metaphorically. No, no. We we, we joked uh, in one of our initial episodes about being endurance athletes. Yep. The fact that we, you know, I I claimed that I was because I'd driven from Wollongong to Coffs Harbour three times in one week. Yeah. But I've proved it. You have, mate. You've done it. So we took on the Gold Coast Marathon last week and, you know, thought what caught my eye, I'd share with the viewers, a little, uh, the listeners, a little bit about our experience. Mm. That's what I thought would be a good idea. Yeah, it wasn't – look, I, I'm going to go out there and be modest mm. to start. It, it wasn't a classic. No. <laughs> look, it was painful. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, – you know, got in there, nice and fresh, up early, very excited. For, mm. I've got to be honest, the first 10K, whew, straight by. Happy days, yeah, yeah. Happy days, no worries. You know, then, you know, you sort of get to the, the 20K mark and you, yeah, oh, the legs are a bit tight, but good to go, halfway. Yeah. That last 10Ks was absolute hell on earth. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's such a mental struggle, not purely because you're like, oh, can I get through? Because you know you can. Like, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but my cardio was not an issue at all. No. My body was breaking down. That, that was the problem. I was breathing fine. I had a smile on my face. I was waving for the cameras, but my legs were going, oh, we got no more. Yep. I was exactly the same. I now... My wife's a big marathon runner, so she'd spoken to me well, about what the last 10Ks is going to feel like. It's just hard to articulate. So... 39Ks in, mm. I, I'm on Struggle Street. Same as you, felt cardio-wise like I had gas in the tank. Mm. But good as gold. from a leg's point of view, 
my legs were screaming at me to stop. Yeah. And it's a weird feeling because you, people out there think you've done 39 cases if you're not going to do the last three. And it's true, you are. Yeah. But everything in your body at that stage is saying, oh, no, stop right now. This yeah. is absolutely It's, it's the involuntary cramping. Yeah. Especially in the calves and the gracilis yep. on the inside that absolutely kills you because yep. you're like, oh, no, you're not meant to do that. Stop. No. Stop doing that. This is hurting a lot. But it's uh, it's interesting that you raise your wife because, mate, I was absolutely impressed mm. would be an understatement from her effort. She did a fantastic job. Now, the issue I have with it, though, is because if I – I mean, it's 2023 – if I decided to transition and compete against the girls, your wife has proven that I'm still no fucking hope. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, she was so quick and, I mean, there is not a, a photo that I've seen on, on the app for the Gold Coast Marathon with Mrs. Podesta in there not <laughs> that doesn't look like she is just in cruise control. No, I no, mean, the whole it was fantastic. looks absolutely... You look at a few of my photos and it tells mm. a different story. Yes. You know, and... She was very supportive, knew this was my first marathon, encouraged me um, to get into it, supported me, uh, pushed me the whole way. And for every single little thing, except for the race day. Mm. On the race day, because obviously we didn't run together because she's, you know, far superior than me. Yeah. It's an out and back track. And uh, she ran by me and uh, I realised, oh, I'm 10Ks behind. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah. It wasn't I, quite 10Ks. I mean, <laughs> I was watching a David Attenborough documentary the other day when the albatross is trying to take off for its first flight. Yeah. <laughs> and if it doesn't get takeoff, it lands in the water and the tiger sharks eat them. Yeah. And I feel as though the way you've articulated that story... Your wife rocked up to the starting line and went, see you plebs later. I, you go to the back of the line. I'm going to the front with the decent runners. But... Potty, you're an albatross. It's time to fly, mate. That's it, It's mate. time to fly. you got to go. And we flew. For the first half. For the first half, mate. But, but yeah. It, what It does raise an issue, though, because I've just talked about the start there. What did you think about the whole start, the numbers, the amount of people that were there at the marathon, mate? It was pretty impressive, yeah? Very impressive, mate. The, um, you know, so I think there was 24,000 people who were mm. uh, running at some sort of a record. So... To, the sheer volume to organise all that is a hell of a task. Yeah. But, you know, we're competitive people. Everyone's there to, to, to win, aren't they, mate? Well, you, you, you're you in it to win it. That's right, mate. That's that's the old saying, and I, I think everyone knows. But were we ever really a chance? I don't think so. I think the odds, the odds were stacked against us from the start. Mm. Now, for the listeners at home who have never sort of – competed in any sort of marathon endurance event, even just your local 510K. You know, you, you may not understand this, but it does get a bit clustered at the start of a race mm. when, you know, you're trying to get your, your cadence in and, you know, people are obviously going, oh, I'm going to go out there and smash it and then realising that they were no chance and then you've got to get around them to try and make your way up the pack and get into your, into your rhythm. Mm. So it can be quite challenging at the start. Hence the reason why they have the staggered start. Yep. So roughly where do you feel as though 
you know, your form leading into the race. He's going to put you. He's going to put you and we'll put you there. So we went and stood at the back. Yeah, so we're right at the back. Absolutely. <laughs> the issue I had, though, is I'm still competitive. And when I looked at my time at the end, I was, you know, a bit disappointed. Even at the halfway mark, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm probably about 10 minutes off where I, I felt I should be. Mm. You know why? Because it took us 10 minutes to get through the start line. Didn't it ever, By the time I'd got through and got my time, I had to deduct, I think it was 11 minutes 53 off it. Yep. To get me through. So with the leaders at the front Mm. and me being starting from 11 minutes behind them, the odds are stacked against me. I was never a chance to win that race and I think that is grossly unfair. That's right. Uh, what could have been? Like, I mean, I know, yeah. I, how that am ten I minutes meant to clearly win? cost me three and a half hours on the on the leaders? Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I it was the odds were stacked against us from the start. Yep, we need to sort that out. Mm. It, was, it was almost a matter for the integrity, but you know, just thought we'd mention it. Just you know, just yeah, putting it out there. But great experience. Yeah, it was fantastic. We're, Sino, we're ready to go again. We'll we're go again next go. year. We'll be we're, back next year. We want to make year. it an annual thing. Yep. Um, if there are any listeners out there who would like to join us, we, we'll probably get a, a little sports detention crew yep. for the uh, for the GC Marathon next year. We'll so putting it out there. If you are keen. If you in, are keen, get in touch really with us. A, on a serious note, of real, and I'm serious about listeners joining in, but... It's a great day, isn't it? The atmosphere, people cheering, It's an absolute pisser. Yeah. Like now, I think we're probably, what is it, about 32 to 35 k's in and we're yep. running past someone's front lawn. They've got in excess just blasting on the stereo. They're all on the piss. Yeah. Barbecue, just because you got your name on the bib, just calling out. It, it's an absolute ripper. Yep. And Everyone's yeah. supportive. Everyone's getting in here. Come on, you can do it. You've done so well. Georgie Rose. Georgie. I spoke about Georgie on the podcast and how uh, how pleased I was with his boxing exploits. Georgie was on the sideline. Oh, I Ge- ran past and I said, I said, hey, Georgie, and he gave me the the uh, the shackers and off I went. Speaking of famous uh, former NRL players, I saw the Don there. The Don. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty impressive. He said he was undercooked going into mm. it, but... Uh, um, yeah. He wasn't quite as wet. If he was undercooked, <laughs> then I was salmonella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, mate, um, that's caught both of our eyes, yep. the marathon. But uh, I've got one little other thing that's caught my eye from my weekend away on the GC. Give it to us, mate. Mate, um, we were lucky enough to uh, experience the old fruits of pay TV in our accommodation. Yeah, the old Foxtel, mm. you know, and once upon a time, mate, that was an absolute treasure. But I realised on the weekend how dog shit Foxtel is. Yep. Got the kids. The kids, are, you know, they had a great weekend away, you know, just putting up with getting dragged left, right and centre, a fair bit of park time. But, you know, just wanted to throw a bit of bluey on. Yeah. No, haven't ah. got access to this channel. <laughs> oh, that! Remember that bullshit. What the ABC? It, yeah, oh, it was the BBC <laughs> Babies uh, channel, and I just was going through, and there, you know, a decent show would pop up. You go, oh, check that out, and you just forgot how great streaming is. Yeah, Foxtel's good because it's all in the one spot, but you just forget how great it is to be able to just throw in a bit of ABC iView and keep the kids entertained. Oh, yep. So Foxtel. No wonder why you're a dying species, mate. Sorted out. Yep. All right, mate. Rightio, mate. Should we get into a bit of the footy? Let's make it happen.
The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here! So we have the NRL potty, mate. It was uh, it was a big round. There was only the one buy for the mighty eels. Yep. So um, happily so take those two points. But yeah, it was um, it was a really big round and uh, some big scores as well, wasn't there? Huge scores. Now I'm going to jump straight into it while we uh, while we get all the stats up. Yep. Um, Bulldogs. I tipped them. You tipped the togs. <laughs> Far out. So you're throwing your hands <laughs> Look, up. Look, I'm just going to go and I'm oh. going to start off with that. I tipped the dogs and we haven't even <laughs> taken in the Cowboys and Tigers. We have not. We have not. But, um, well, the weekend started with the Sharks polishing the Dragons 52 to 16. And uh, at that stage, we were sitting there going, oh, wow, that's a bloodbath, isn't it? Well, we didn't stick with that for too long. Uh, the Rabbitohs uh, trounced. The Warriors 28-6 to six over there in New Zealand. Uh, the mighty Penrith Panthers once again flexing their muscle, showing um, showing up Melbourne 34-16, to 16, and that's coming back from 14-0 down as well. So we'll get more into that a little bit later on. Um, then um, the um, Raiders uh, beat the Titans in a close match, 26-22. That run really could have gone either way. Uh, the Cowboys in another close match, 74-0 over the Tigers. Uh, yeah, could have gone either way. So I'm just looking at the 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 score here from the round round 12, was it? It was 64-18, was it? 64-18. 64-18. So what's that a turnaround? Oh, so you know, that's a turnaround of about... About 120 points. About 120 points. So yeah. look, I saw this shellacking coming. But mm. 74-0 is a different beast. That's nearly a point a minute. Mm. That is just – that is horrendous. And it's it's sort of – you know, we've seen the uh, St. George, the Tigers and Canterbury fall away badly over yeah. the last um, over the last few weeks. And, you know, we sort of were talking about it being one of the closest competitions in history oh, at the beginning yeah. of the year, and I think we we're well off the mark as far as that was concerned. It is. It does look that way now. Now, we, if you you know conceding seventy four points to to zip in a game in in an NRL competition, it's you know it tells a big story. Mm. But when you look at it though, how if you're a coach, I mean, that is heartbreaking. Oh. Because I'm thinking, if you concede forty, you're tightening the screws. Yeah, rightio. We're gonna when gonna complete the sets, and we're just gonna defend. Mm. You just because we, you know, regardless of where we're at. Yeah, you know, you're just thinking, how do you get from you know conceding forty to then conceding seventy four in, you know, the professional era of 2023? Yeah, it's crazy to think that way. It is. It is, and. <sighs> Just the the gap in talent. Like, I honestly don't think the Panthers would get beaten 74-0 if they had two players sent off while they were running out the tunnel. I think they wouldn't get beaten 74-0 if they were playing with 11. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just... Good, good shout. Yeah, it's just... But unbelievable. Is, so where does the origin fit in with this? Obviously, we're in, a, we're in a jam-packed time within the calendar that origin is, and I, I can't for the life of me, remember it being as, as glaringly obvious as this. I remember back in the 
back in the day, I think it might have been O two when the baby Broncos beat yep. the beat the Tigers in that big boil over, which yeah. was just Greg never Bellamy meant, coaching, I think. Yeah, which was just never meant to happen. But no. so they've been or unusual results throughout Origin period, but you know, for this, you know, the dogs to go down by sixty yep. and the tigers to go down by seventy four, I mean, there's a fair bit in that. And mm. you know, manly, you know, putting a score on the other week as well, like which was completely unexpected. Yeah, and Redcliffe have shown uh, they had a good performance on the weekend uh, going down to the Broncos in a tight one, but they've been pretty ordinary for the last month mm. as well. Maybe the extra team coming in the competition has drained the talent a little bit, and um, but I don't know how much that talent has sucked away from Canterbury or the or the Tigers. But in saying that, is there is there room for a discussion around? separating origin from the season um in that in that idea of you know they've tried with the buy rounds yep but is there a way where you can just go look four week block yeah season winter break yeah i i don't mind the idea of it i i i mean we saw we saw it in the um uh, in the world of football at the end of last year with the world cup didn't we yeah. where everyone just have have a break off. We'll start back on Boxing Day. We're going to play just a little tournament. World Cup. You know. Yeah. Just so, a little one. Yeah. So I, I think it could be possible <coughs> and you could probably make a real sort of party sort of season atmosphere out of it, couldn't you? You could get um, some internationals maybe between some of the Pacific nations. You could obviously have the NRLW but origin in saying as well. That, in saying that too, you, you could have the NRLW origin, mm. like, tucked in with State of Origin, you can have four weeks off in a calendar and you just, you know, what makes the NFL great mm. is because there is demand for 52 weeks of NFL football in the United States every year yep. and they give you 16 yeah. and we ain't budging. No. You know, so we, we, I think we do underestimate the power of starving the fan. Yeah, you know, cricket have gone down a very, very dangerous path with mm. the the flooding yeah. of of content that they've put in. Yeah, so maybe that's a discussion where the NRL it's gonna it's gonna stink. The fans are probably uh, there's going to be a fair few that are going to be off it. But if you're basically going well week after week, we're going to give you three weeks of Origin back to back to back. Yeah, then, well, we're. we're we're um, baked on fans, aren't we, mate? We're not um, – we watch as much footy as we can, but it's sort of getting to a stage where you see, oh, I've referred to it a couple of times, the Who Cares Cup. Mm. You know, teams that are just horrible that aren't really having an influence on the competition. What, what, if people aren't watching, broadcast is going to stop paying. So maybe yeah. you've got to, maybe you've Well, got the broadcasters, that. they want the content because mm. the and, and that's where I suppose the pushback from the NRL has got to be. What do you want to do with your product? Mm. Do you want to fill in the slots and, you know, just make sure you've got the games for the broadcasters each week because that's what they demand. They want Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm. Or do you go, you know what, no, we, we want the best possible product as a game and we want to back ourselves and, you know, if it's going to cost us, we, we, be, we believe it'll bear fruit in the long run. Yeah. You look at the UFC. The UFC have some cards which are unfair to people who are fans of fights. Yeah, okay. 
you know, but they've got a deal with ESPN that says you need to put on a certain amount of cards yeah, week right. in, week out. Yep. And they do them in the Apex. They do them in small little shows. And they go, well, we're giving you the numbers. But, you know, what has happened is we've gone away from 15 years ago where every month there was an absolute barn burner of a pay-per-view yep. that you were all in for to the fact that, you know, you might get one every four four months. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. because that talent pool has been drifted out to try and make these other cards a little, more, a little bit more satiable yeah, yeah. For, the, for the viewer. So, I mean, the NRL's in the same predicament, I'd say. They're trying to meet the requirements of the TV deal, which is a certain number of games. Yep. And over a, over a period of time, but at the end of the day, I mean, the, the broadcasters are going to get the same number of games. Yeah. They're just going to get it in, you know, four extra weeks. Yeah, well, the the NRL sort of gone the opposite way, haven't they? They extended the competition this year. We're now running 27 rounds. Mm. The addition of Redcliffe, there's going to be another team come in sometime soon. So, Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it's the, the discussion needs to be had or uh, the debate needs to be had at least yeah. about is less more when it is comes to it. Is less more, and if, we, if we're giving less but it's higher quality, Ooh, will that yeah. eventually sell better anyway? Yeah, and I yeah. think that's the big challenge. It is. Interesting point, though. Um, yeah, as I was saying, uh, Broncos 24-16 over Redcliffe. Uh, Broncos just getting it done wasn't the... Um, um, they weren't up, I, I think, until with about 10 minutes to go or something like that, and then mm. they, they took the lead and, and got away with it. And then um, the Bulldogs got smashed by the Knights. Yeah. 66 to... Uh, Bradman zip. Best had a blinder about Well, he had an absolute ripper, but let's not get into that just yet because that is coming. <laughs> that is coming at you like a freight train. And then a uh, pretty good match to finish the round with Manly getting over the Chookies, 18 points. That was a good game. Yep, to 16, which I only saw a bit of because I was in a world of hurt. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Um, <coughs> Pardon I me. watched that eating a lamb shoulder. Did you? On the big screen in Broadbeach. It was fantastic. Oh, how good's that? How good's that? So, um, match of the round, mate. You predicted the Storm Panthers. We both did. What'd you, what'd you go for? Uh, I ended up going the um, Broncos versus Reddy because it was a close match. And I, I wanted to see um, I wanted to see what the uh, Redcliffe had after getting smacked by Parramatta and Manly in the previous two weeks. And they did show up and they had a red-hot crack and I thought they were going to get away with it. And it was also a big game for the Broncos as well. So uh, close match, sort of went down to the wire. So thought it was a pretty good pretty good match and it grabbed my match of the round. What about you, mate? I went for Manly and the Chooks, mate. Mm, yeah. I thought it was a cracker. Um, I think at the end there, you know, when you look at it, told a... A really big story for the Roosters at the end there. When you're looking at making a massive play to win a game, you've got Joey Manu out wide and they put the kick in. Yeah. I was like, that is the Roosters. That sums up their season That's at the where moment. they're at at the moment, isn't it? You know, when you're looking for a half, a leader, someone steering you around the field, and that is what they deem as though the best opportunity to win the match in that position, it, it told, told me a big story. And I said last week the the line is through the chooks. Yeah. Make that permanent marker. They're done. 
Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, I know they've had their issues with injuries and a few things not quite going their way, but, geez, I didn't see this coming at the beginning of the year. I thought the addition of Brandon Smith, Mm. Matt Lodge finished the year last well uh, well for them last year. I thought they'd be a force to be reckoned with, but, uh, you know, they might finish the season strong. Sam Walker's meant to be fit apparently soon, so I'm guessing he's going to come back in, but he was a bit on the nose before he went down mm. as well, so well, I agree. Long um, but not to take anything away from Manly, I thought Manly were really good. Yeah. Now the Trebojevic, Jakey Trebojevic, oh. you know, he's he's worth his weight in gold, isn't he? Like it's, he is. You know, it was just such a difference to have him in the pack. Yeah, and um, the, it, yeah, he's, he's wholehearted, his tackle technique is fantastic, so he really stiffens him up from that point of view. Mm. Uh, he's passionate, so I think he's infectious from that point of view. I still can't get a uh, grip on Manly. Like, I know they're not as good a team without him being there, but, yeah. geez, the difference between their best and their worst performance is... Oh, Stark. It is. Yeah. Yeah, lucky they've got Luke Brooks coming next year to sort that oh, out. Oh, yes. Hmm. That'll, um, yeah, that'll... That'll patch all the holes. That's right. That's right. Well, they've got three five-eights there next year, just uh, Schuster. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> mate... Few discussion points, mate. What do you got for us after this round? <coughs> oh, mate. So um, we're yes. all dying here. As well. We are. So, we are. Yes. Um, no cough button is going to be inactivated. Something that's stood out to me um, this week was the idea of um, you know we've spoken about New South Wales. They need to get a new coach next year, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we've spoken about that. Um, so, uh, something that stood out to me was, um, the suggestion that maybe someone like Sammy Burgess. Ooh, What do you think about that, Gregor? Um, definitely raised an eyebrow when I saw it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think this has been debated on the Fox. So, just for the listeners to get it, I I mean, NRL 360 and all those sorts of shows on Fox, I do not watch them at all. Like, I've, I've got... A life. I I'm generally bathing kids, or you know, eating dinner, or running around doing other things at that time of night. I don't watch it. However, I believe that there was a lot of debate around those sorts of media cycles around Sam Burgess mm. with pretty robust back and forth on it. Um, I think it was a Gordy Tallis said mm. that uh, you know you can't you know you can't win with a you know with without a, a new yeah without a new South Welshman. You know, yep. He was talking about Graham Lowe coaching uh, the Queensland, I believe. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. I think, um, yeah, it does play – it would play a role in the camp having someone who's walked the walk of origin. Yep. That's not Sam Burgess's fault, though. No. He can't walk the walk. No. But that's not to say that Sam Burgess doesn't have a presence when he walks into the room, mm. that he'd be able to, you know, instill – you know, certain values within a squad. My concern is simply the fact that Sam Ver- Burgess was coaching the Arara Valley Axemen last year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's be let's be fair to Income. Yes, he, he, you know, is in an assistant role at South Sydney. And he's, they made the GF. You know, he, you know, he wasn't there last year. Yeah. You know, he's in an assistant role with South and there's obviously a bit of a reputation. He's got a, he's got a real presence when he walks into a room from what you hear. Yeah. But at the end of the day, surely there are better candidates out there 
that could coach New South Wales. It's a, it's a it should be a dream job. And I agree, there are. The concerning thing is those candidates aren't so obvious that people have to go and make up a, a an idea of bringing in someone like Sam Burgess. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's yeah. a bit of a concern from a New South Wales perspective. There's not somebody besides Ricky, besides Gus, who are uh, occupied doing other things that mm. just screams, you've got to make sure that we're the coach. So Now, Sam, the reason why I do like it, mm. and this is a very – this is a long bow. Sam has a pretty good relationship with a bloke, a bloke that – I may or may not have suggested would be ideal candidate for not named Gus Gould mm. for the New South Wales job. Wayne Bennett. I thought you meant Rusty. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I mean, imagine the camps. Imagine, oh. <laughs> imagine the talks. I mean, how many blokes would get an Uber back? Oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> so, I mean, if you were, let's say, for example, you know, you've suggested Ricky Stewart. Mm. Yeah, someone like Ricky Stewart. I'm not averse to bringing a Sam Burgess into a New South Wales camp. If Sam Burgess identifies himself as someone who loves all things New South Wales, he you know has lived in New South Wales when he's lived in Australia, then absolutely he's an asset that you could bring into a coaching setup if he wants to experience what Origin is about as a coach. Yep, absolutely. I think there's a lot of value in that, mm. but. It's obviously got to be with the right coach who would be willing to bring Sam in. Mm, not to as throw head coach. him as the head coach straight in, I think that's a you, you know I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's it's less of Sam Burgess's quality, stark quality standing out and saying he would be the right man for the job, and more an indication of there ain't anybody who's you know appearing to put their hand up and screaming out for that position. It is. It is. But I guess that kind of leads me into um, one of my points, mate, the origin teams. What do you think of them? The dartboard? Yeah. The dartboard. So photos up on the dartboard and throw it at it. Is that, that's oh, the suggestion. Mate. Look, um, if origin, you know, I mean, Queensland, they've always talked about knowing origin and, you know, just having that bit – if Origin is all about leg tats and tucked ears in your cap, then we got it in an abundance in Bradman Best. Oh, I tell you what, mate. Because we're 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 on to something here. Yeah. But um, look, mate, I, I looked at that team, and for me, it was just I I just looked at it and just went, oh, why would I even be surprised? It, we, it appears as though we've had no clue from game one, two, and three. That's that's the scary thing. It appears that they have. No clue. Like, Bradman Best, honestly, he, he was he even in the conversation before last Sunday? They'll have you believe he was. I, 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 I call bullshit. I just yeah. can't have And it. I think Bradman Best is a good footballer. He is a good footballer. The, the issue is, even on the weekend, Bradman Best played, had his best moments in the game when he was running off which player? Kalen uh, Ponga. KP. Now, unfortunately, Kalen Ponga is a Queenslander. Mm. Doesn't help us. No. So, you know, to Kalen Ponga absolutely tore the dogs to shreds on the weekend and Bradman Best was, you know, doing his job and being in the right place at the right time to take advantage of the momentum that was coming off the back of a Newcastle 
side going forward. Yeah. To, to think that he was the best or the next best to step in and, you know, be a New South Wales starting centre, I think is a very – that's a stretch. But, I, you know, does it surprise me? Absolutely not. Yeah, I, for me, it's just as simple as there are people who um, in better form. Uh, Katoni Staggs has been well, there. Well, yeah, Katoni Staggs would have been. Uh, when I looked at that, I thought, you know, he is. They're very similar players, and yeah. Katoni Staggs has he's had he's had his shot. Yeah. Um, and what you know, what an opportunity to give him another crack. Yeah, and I'm convinced that Matt Burton has run over Freddie's dog oh, or something mate. like. Yeah, the, the bloke can play a bit of centre, am I right? Dally M centre oh. of the year. <laughs> so yes. I, I don't understand. Both those players in the system have done it like a reasonable job at origin. Um, now, I know that Freddie has probably, you know, listens to the podcast mm, and big, I know he's bit. all over it. I just want to make it abundantly clear that I was joking when I said that Matt Burton should never play Origin again for his fight with Dane Gagai. I was was only taking the piss. Okay, just hop straight aboard the P-155. That was all it was. Okay. You can pick the bloke. That's right. Dally M centre of the year. So um, Junior Palo has been dropped. Jacob Saifidi brought in. I can't understand this. Was our problem in the first two games making metres? No. Nah. No, it wasn't. So I don't understand where that change comes from. And Saifidi's a, a good selection, but is putting Gutho at 17. Oh, mate. And having Robson on the bench as well. And then let's put Isaiah Yo on the bench as well. So if uh, Reg or who else we got starting front row? Jakey T? Yep. yep. If if one of them cop a head knock out after in the first two minutes – we're effectively playing with um, one forward on our bench for the rest of the game. Yeah, it's like a, it just uh, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, I mean, I yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so I was um, I was all over the place with that team. I, I I just was shaking my head. I fear for this for this game. But do you know what I fear? just as much for this game. I think it's the same thing as I do. Well, I fear the fact that we actually get a result mm. and then it just gets swept under the carpet as if it's, oh, it's a 2-1 series loss. Yep. No, no. We, it's a disgrace. Like this is headless chooks running around creating an origin team. You look at the Queensland team. It's a, oh, we've won the series. Who cares? Yeah. You know, Kalen Ponger is... Easily the next best fullback from Reese Walsh. You yeah, know, fair play to AJ Brimson. But he's not even it's like, oh, no, I'm not gonna bother. Yeah. I'll have the year off. I've had a few knocks. I'll stay with Newcastle. Mm. You know, that shows you their thoughts on Origin Three. Mm. Yet, you know, we sneak a win and there'll be, oh, you know, Fred, oh, we're on the right track here, you know, this sort of garbage. No, it's bleeding obvious. Yeah. We're shit. Mm. And we need a new coach and we need new direction. And we are 100%. Now, um, just on it before before I move on, we've done a lot of Freddie bashing over the last couple of weeks and the selections and mm. him and Brandy. So I, what I will do is I, I'd like to just point out something from on, on their behalf. Two years ago, New, Cal, uh, new South Wales won the first two games in Queensland. I think the first game was like 40 to 
12 and the second game was 26-0 at Suncorp Stadium. Freddie had won three out of four series. Mm. And the best players in that team were Latrell Mitchell and Tom Travojevic and Nathan Cleary is our general. Since that time, since that series, Queensland has won two in a row and they've won four out of the last um, um, five games, I believe. Tom Travojevic has played one and he's been severely hindered. Mm. Nathan Cleary, I think, since that time has played three and Latrell Mitchell has not played at all. Yeah. So while... I cannot get on board with the selections that have been made over the last two years, the chopping and changing, the dartboard as you described it. What I will say is if those three players had been fit for all six of the matches that have happened since then, since we took that 26-0 victory up in Suncorp, we may be talking a little bit differently. So yeah, the which is a fair comment. The cards haven't fallen Freddie's or New South Wales way. So I will say that. But if the cards don't fall your way, you cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because it it appears as though, you know, any sort of common sense has gone out with the injuries. 100%. Because, I mean, yeah, it just does not make sense. Cody Walker, you know, I I believe Cody Walker leading into the series was the Form 5-8. You know, they went with Luai for the combination with Cleary. Cleary yep. gets injured. They stick with Luai game two. Jerome Luai was not our problem. No, Jerome Luai. Th- Jerome Luai was probably one of the better players in the two games that we played. That's not to say that Cody Walker shouldn't have, shouldn't been, have been picked game yeah. one to part Nathan Cleary. But for it to be complete. So what you do as a coach, and this is what leads me to the opinion that Freddie it's untenable. You've mm. got to go. Is the same with Katoni Staggs, the same with Nico Hines, yep. the same with all these other players that he has just burnt. Mm. You, you're done. You can't come back from this because how does Jerome Luai goes back in, he comes in as the form half next year. Yeah. You know, you've you cut him for game three. Yeah. Is, what, how's he going to come in? Is he going to come in? Oh, cheers, cheers, Freddie, for the call up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good to be back. You know, no, he's going to be pissed. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it doesn't create a great culture. It doesn't create a, a winning culture. And, yeah, I agree 100%. I thought Cody Walker should have been there game one. But there is no way Jerome Lua has done anything anything to lose his spot if it was his after game one. I I agree he's been one of our best, but there we go. So game three on Wednesday, mate. We'll have another wrap to finish that off. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you've spoken about who cares cups and, you know, I love my origin. I love my origin, but I'm very, very down at the moment. Very, very down about around origin. Freddie's not helping. Um, you know, and I stand by all my criticism of it. I, I think, you know, I, I can't understand it. And, you know, if we do somehow jag the win next Wednesday, that scares me more. Scares you more than it's you might. Sca- it scares me more that people go, oh, yeah, we're on to something. We did that for eight years in a row. Yep. You know, we, we did that we, where we'd get the majority of them would get one win. And yep. then we, oh, or we'd lose the decider or whatnot, and we go, oh yeah, but we're we're getting there, we're nearly there. No, enough's enough. Yep, enough's enough. As far as I'm concerned, 
until if we beat Queensland 14 of the next 18 years like they did to us, it still won't be enough. No, absolutely not. Total domination. That's it, mate. That's, That's what it. Origin's about. Now, speaking about what Origin's about and, um, you know, the, that whole old Queensland sort of idea, oh, we've, we're hard done by, oh, this, that and the other. Fatty Vorton has released a, a social media video recently uh, in the last couple of days talking about how, you know, Queensland, how hard done by they are. Yep. And, and mate, I didn't even – it didn't even get through the first sentence of it and I turned it off and I went – Get this out of my life. No, nah, don't need this. We either. have drawn a line here at the sports detention where we're not having it. Yep. Queensland, if you think you guys are the underdogs, give yourselves an uppercut. Yep. Yeah, we're not having it anymore. You guys are the most arrogant bunch of fans, players, the organisation, all through there because if you think you're still going to force feed New South Wales the idea that, oh, you guys are the – you know, the rich million-dollar million dollar contract lot down there yep. that aren't hardworking, this, that, and the other. I mean, give me a break. No, nah, we're not having it. No, nah, you guys, you, you're, you're the pinnacle. You're the glory. They are. 14 of the last 18 years. You will never go into a game as the underdog again as far as the sports detention is concerned in nah. our reach. Absolutely. We, New South Wales, we are the battlers. Yep. And we are looking to hold our own. That's it. Now, speaking of battlers, um, and speaking of um, our man Jerome Luai, mate, um, if I was to say roughing the passer, Mm. a bit of NFL terminology, what what would that mean to you, mate, roughing the passer? It's a bit of a shit rule, isn't it? Yeah, it's a – yeah, what so, does it mean? So the idea of the roughing the passer is if the quarterback gets a pass off yeah. and you're trying to get the sack and you come in even – it's gotten to the point now where it's even line ball. If yeah. you hit the quarterback, they're going to they're gonna give the penalty. They're protecting the quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, some of them are so absurd, these calls – the you know the penalties that are given yeah, yeah. that it's basically almost touch football for the quarterback. Yeah, we are headed down that track clearly with the kicking game for the halves. Yeah, after watching the Penrith versus Storm game. Yeah, you know Hughes gets the kick off. Luai hits him, absolutely textbook. Yeah, if there was a way that you could hit a kicker time perfectly when they're striking the ball in the perfect manner where they're using the shoulder, the arms in, in play. Wasn't high. Wasn't high. Right around the, the chest area. Perfect. Yep. Penalty. Mate, just an absolute joke. Well, it has. It's gotten to a stage where if I'm an NRL coach, I'm saying you've you got to go up because you, you've got to – you can't let him run. Yep. But don't touch him. So – the idea behind this on the NRL is the fact that we're protecting the kickers. We're trying to protect the safety of the kickers. Hmm. I would offset that with, in trying to protect the safety of the kickers by preventing the pressure and the contact on the kicker, yep. you are putting the fullback at increased risk. Yeah, right, yeah. Because essentially you're allowing the kicker to get the best possible kick off without any pressure, yep. which then allows the players to stay remain onside because yep. there's no pressure because if there's any contact that's made, there's a penalty. Yep. 
So the players stay on side and then they're able to make contact with the fullback on the catch. Yeah, that's right. So in the NFL, and we talked a bit about the NFL that today, you, that's where the fair catch comes in. Yeah, yeah. So because of the danger proposed to the returner, the kick returner, and the fact that, you know, similar to, oh, I mean, you think about Michael Crocker on Brett Stewart. Yeah, yeah. 08 grand final. Oh, sorry, 07 grand final. Like just timed it and just there was nothing legal about it, took his head off. Yeah. But essentially what we're doing now is we are protecting the kicker so much so that we are putting additional pressure on the on the catcher, the winger or the fullback. Yeah. And they're involved in contests or they're involved in catching the ball and getting belted as soon as they catch the ball because the kick chase can time that hit. Yeah. So whilst trying to protect the kicker, we're actually making it more dangerous for the fullback. Yeah. Which is dumb because either way, it should just be normal. You should be able to pressure the kicker and make it harder for them to kick. Yeah. Which makes it easier for the fullback to catch because essentially they're not getting the perfect kick. Yeah. So how far off are we also of it just being like a, a punt in the NFL? If you're if you've got a, a Mitchell Moses, a Nathan Cleary, a Matt Burton in your halves who just has a towering kick and yeah. they can't have pressure you're going to give up the 10 metres on the kick return, you just sit them back 20 yards. Yeah. Pass it straight back to them and then they just punt it and yeah. kick it as far down the field as possible and you're getting 10 metres. Yeah. And those boys that you mentioned are in a position with their long kick that they can kick 60 on the fly, a nice high one, and so it's worth it for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So you basically just give it up. You're just saying, well, players don't need to be on side. They've just got to give the return of the 10. Yeah. And then we'll just put it back for a, for a punt, essentially. Yeah. It is not rugby league. No. That is not rugby league. You know, you should be able to put pressure on the kicker. You should be able to make it difficult for the halfback to kick the ball and get a kick off. And yeah. it's been a part of the fabric of the game since day dot. And it should remain part of the game. But if we continue to, yes, I understand if you're late, there's a penalty for but that. Everybody knows what a late tackle on the kicker is. But that's the idea that it's, that's what it's always been. You do the wrong thing and you're gone. I've got no problem with them penalising kickers that they're getting in late. Yeah. But if they're late, if it's a late one, sit down for 10 minutes. I've got no problem with that. But it's but so pear shape now yeah. that if it's a bang on tackle like yeah. Jerome Lua, they're getting penalised. That's oh, right. Roughing the pass are. Roughing oh please. You know. I mean it's yeah, I mean there was an that was one of many in that and I mean I know we're talking last week mm. but that's uh, that Penrith Storm game which was just an absolute joke. The referees were having a bludger. They were an absolute um, shocker. Speaking about referees, mate, you are a genius potty. Hang on. Hang on. Why? Well, the suggestion of the free play. Oh, mate. The free play. So instead of the advantage call, you had suggested that there should be a free play. Mm. Now, that was never more relevant than the Canberra Raiders game, yep. Canberra versus the Titans, yeah. where the Titans were, they, I believe it was a knock-on. Yeah, A yeah. knock-on and they, they got the ball and they attacked the line. Yeah. And then they lost the ball, and they'd probably made about three metres of yardage. Yep. Raiders picked the ball up and run the length of the field and score a try. A referee says the advantage had been played. Now, 
it's usually a 10-metre thing. Yeah. If you make 10 metres of additional yardage, that is generally an advantage played. That's yeah. that's always been the understanding from a fan's perspective. Yeah. But the fact that they were within the 10 metres of the try line, the referee went, oh, well, no, you've attempted to score a try, so that's your advantage. And then the Raiders have ended up with the pill down the other end and scored a, a length of the field try. But, yeah. Common sense, yeah. come on, is a free play where if you, you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. But if you turn the ball over, it's coming back to the original infringement. Yeah. Oh, it, it should be. A few years ago, Blake Ferguson, playing for Parramatta, picked up the ball after a knock-on and, and is away down the field. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Blake Ferguson. And he sprints maybe 15 metres. It was a good, yeah. good 15 metres. And then gets taken in a touch. Oh, bugger. No, you didn't take your advantage because you never came in off the line. Never took – so ran 15 metres straight but never yeah. stepped in away from the trial. How would you know what the advantage is? It's just discretionary. So – and I suppose, too, the, the limitation of that is if you had a 10-metre rule, mm. Shannon Hegarty, he would run 60 metres mm. and still wouldn't have broken the 10 because he runs sideways. <laughs> Old Shannon Hegarty. <laughs> Crabbing oh. across the field, so Bruce I mean, maybe great. maybe that is where the rule has oh. been has been. We call it the the Hegarty influence. But listeners, let let's start a movement here. I let's think the free, the free play. play get the free play in there. So yep. basically, if there's a turnover, you pick up. There's no advantage. Yeah. Can you imagine the attacking football? You know. Yeah. Nathan Cleary picks it up, kicks a spiraling bomb all the way across the field for a. Blitzing Brian Toho, who runs 40 metres in school. Why not? Well, when you want to see it. I mean, you're down by one or scores a level. Yep. And you're 40 out. Have a, sh- have a shot at field goal. Yeah, Doesn't matter. Not? Yeah. You know, you're not, it's not an advantage play. Yeah. It's a free play. It's a free play. You would see such exciting play. Yep. Yep. All right. But anyway, get so happening, mate. the free play mm. movement. Get out there, guys. Get vocal. Yep. A free play. We need to make it happen. I like it, mate. I like it. Rightio, who we got next week, mate? It's a short week, isn't it? Yeah, short week, mate. Plenty of teams on the bye this week. So we've got uh, the Tigers versus Sharks, which actually happened last night because we're um, uh, a bit late this week because yeah. of the marathon, as we spoke about earlier. The Sharks too good in the end. The Tigers came out and had a bit of a crack, but... Mm. Um, to be honest, it was always going to end up with that result, wasn't it? That it wasn't uh, wasn't by seventy. No, it wasn't by seventy, and it's a little bit of a worry if you're um, if that's if that's your benchmark, isn't it? But it was thirty six to twelve, which up until last week we would have said was a bit of a pasting as well, wouldn't we? Yes, no. Times uh, have changed. Times have certainly changed. Uh, happening right now is the Dragons versus the Raiders. The Dragons. Now, there's a bit of a hoodoo there, isn't there? There is a little bit of a hoodoo which happens yeah. um, with that one. So, um, yeah, it's um, I'm just checking right now to see if we've got a score update, and we do. It's 12-0 at this current time to the Raiders. So mm. I can't see that, that, that they, won't go, they won't go on Must with that. Must have been playing the advantage. Must have been playing the advantage from last week. Yes. So now that I've put the mocker on them... <laughs> Somebody get a live bet on St. George. Yeah. Gamble responsibly. 
Um, the Eels versus the Warriors tomorrow night. Um, the Eels severely um, uh, depleted. Hampered, depleted by the um, origin and the uh, couple of injuries as well. The Warriors, Sean Johnson, may be a late withdrawal. Wife mm. is expecting a child, so he might have to um, head back for that. But other than that, they're uh, uh, looking pretty good. I but mean, Mitch Moses didn't. He he played, didn't he? Mm, yeah, yeah. So Mitch Mitch Moses. Um, I mean, do you want it, Sean? Do yeah, you want do it? You, do you want it, mate? Do you, it's not a prelim final, but <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. So uh, the rabbits versus the the dogs. I'm suggesting that the rabbits will still get the chocolates there, mate, even though they're going to be. Mm. Hampered by Origin and the Titans versus Redcliffe in the Southeast Queensland Cup, as dubbed here on the Sports Detention. Mm. Um, and I still think they should do the idea I came up with earlier in the year, where all the Queensland teams play off for a Queensland Cup each year. But you know that yeah. that hasn't grabbed any volume yet. Um, yep. Um, Parramatta and the Warriors are my match of the round. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by this one because a very understrength Parramatta, but um, if they can get out and they can perform against this Warriors team and the way they've been playing this year and they can get the win, I think you start to believe as a Parramatta fan that, you know, they've had a really good last couple of months mm. and they might um, they might be able to do something towards the end of the year. But it's just one of those games where the, the top teams in the past, Melbourne, Penrith, they just seem to find a getaway, even when they're when they're down and out. That being said, I think the Warriors have got a lot to prove as well. They had a pretty ordinary performance, probably their worst of the year last week against South in very ordinary conditions. We're mm. absolutely pasted up. So um, I imagine the Warriors will go in their favourites. Most people are tipping them, but I'm going to be interested to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Titans versus Redcliffe, mate. Um, obviously, the Titans will have a few numbers away with Origin. Um, I think that's what makes it interesting. Mm, yeah, Titans have been in good form, but with those players out, the uh, Redcliffe due to uh, you know obviously the needs of the squad mm. and through injury and whatnot, they've you know had to blood some some good players in the last couple of weeks. You know, obviously have, yeah. those have been given an opportunity, and you know I think it's a good opportunity for them to you know go at the Titans, who obviously have to bring their own recruits in as well. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, like I think it's been going to be a good game. Just very quickly before we duck off, mate, a little bit of news this week um, regarding the Titans. That uh, now that Holbrook's left, David Fafita and Tino, big Tino, uh, free agents. I heard about this. That's that's bizarre. It is. It I, is. I don't know if that. I don't know if that's the whole story. Yep. Uh, nobody's coming out and denied it yet, though. Yeah. Um. So. It, like you would imagine the Titans would have come out and said, oh, no, yeah. garbage, they're locked in. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Do they really want to leave? Do uh, Is their manager just fishing for a little bit more scratch and opportunity? Yeah. yeah because I you think they're both probably – I mean, Fafita's only just recently re-signed, did he? Yeah, he so has just recently it, re-signed. Yeah, but, you, you know, you never know. Wayne Bennett's it's just one up of the, the I, But it could be one of those things where it's a – there's something there, or there's been a whisper in the past, yep. which now that Holbrook has gone, Fafita could be absolutely happy as a pig in shit. Yep. And then this conversation he might have had 18 months ago comes back. Yeah. You know, whether it's through the media or, or something. So I personally, if 
I was going to throw my own opinion out there. I don't think there's anything in it. No, I think they'll both be there next year, but it's just, yeah, it's something that caught my eye late, late this week. So when a player comes in mm. and you're the director of football yep. and says, oh, look, I'm, you know, I'm happy to sign a new four-year deal, mate, but you sack Brad Arthur, mate. I want a clause in my contract saying that I'm a free agent. What do you say? Not a chance. <laughs> exactly. Not that a is chance. that is why I think there's got to be some element of BS about this. Yeah. Ben yeah. uncertainly didn't have it in his contract, but no. I mean, you can not have it in your contract, but and you then, can, you can rattle the cage if yeah. you want. That's yeah. that's you know. I mean, that's your that's been happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's your prerogative. Since that's, contracts yeah. were rolling around, you know, it's yeah. that's a that's a part of rugby league. But mm. at the end of the day, to have it, you know, as in you're released. I mean, that's that's bizarre. Well, the rumor is Canberra's coming with a four million four four year deal for for Big Dave to get yeah. him down there. So, I guess we'll find out very soon what's going on there. But Dave, you you're not talking about the coal train? No, not the coal train. Oh, Gold Coast best money he spent. Oh, mate, he, well, he had a little stint down at the Raiders. He did. He did have a little yeah, stint down the at the Raiders, train. but you know. <laughs> Him and Jamal Idris at one Rocky's year. Rocky's finest, I believe, the Coltrane. Oh, yeah. He was from Rocky. I, I, I tell you what, the bloke could play. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He was, he, was, he was a gun. Absolute gun. Yeah. All right, mate. Rightio, mate. Where are we off That's to? That's it for the footy. Stream of the week, mate. Stream of the week. Did you catch any, obviously, Netflix over the over the time, mate? Mate, I did. I did. And uh, one word out? for you. Arnold. 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 Ooh. Have you seen it? I have, mate. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So, the, uh, the new Arnie documentary on Netflix we're talking about? Yeah, the new Arnie documentary. Um, oh, I found it really interesting. It was yeah. good. I yeah. really enjoyed yeah, loved it. it. Loved it. So um, I love everything Arnold, though. I think he's got a he's got an interesting personality. So um, if you're of our ilk and you, you know Arnie from the 90s, from the action films that he that he was in eighties and nineties, so yeah, you know, your, your your true lies, your um, your commando, your predator, yeah. But also like too, he he'd sort of kindergarten cop, kindergarten you know? cop. That is a great movie, Junior. Like Junior. those other movies that were sort of family friendly that he yeah. got into, and it, watching it, it made me realise I was like, oh far out. He was well and truly, yeah. He was Hollywood when I was growing up. Yeah, he, yeah. There was, it was no longer Arnold the bodybuilder. No, you no. Know, like that, those days were well and truly behind him, which was really fascinating because, yeah. you know, as I've, you know, become an adult and I've obviously had an interest in, in fitness for many years now, I, I sort of know him as Arnie pumping iron, yep. you know. You sort of, you, you get that, that story of Arnold. But, um, yeah, going back to my childhood, it was, you know, he was an action hero, Terminator. What a story, though, from fairly humble beginnings, becomes the greatest bodybuilder in the world. Yeah. That's not enough for him. Becomes the greatest actor on the planet. And he was the number one actor on the planet oh, yeah, for, he, for uh, I reckon, 10 years? You yeah, reckon everything, 10 years? He, everything he touched turned to gold at that stage. Oh, not satisfied with that. I'm going to become the governor of California. And yeah. he becomes the governor of California. I found it really interesting because it talked about um, like the way he thought about things, the way he um, approached different things in his mentality. Uh, I also found it um, quite interesting, the episode they were talking about the rivalry that him and um, Sly had. 
yeah, Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Yeah, that, that Holly, was, Hollywood rivalry. Yeah, that, that yeah, was yeah. um that was really interesting. Obviously, two mega stars at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, absolutely, absolutely fantastic, and I'd well and truly recommend the watch. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was an interesting like obviously coming through his bodybuilding days. Yeah, which was fascinating. You know the fact that um, and definitely the mindset. Like, I mean, he doesn't speak you know, overly encouraging about his upbringing. He's, he didn't – it was tough. No, you know, it, was. it was. tough and, he, you know, very – you know, there was no emotional support, no emotional care. It was very stoic in their house. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's – you know, he speaks about how it impacted his brother as opposed to him and, yeah. you know, and it became a driving force for him to yeah. want to get to America and want to be, you know, the bodybuilder that he became. Yeah. Um, which was really, really fascinating. The fact that his parents still, even though he had fame and fortune, didn't really show an interest in it. Yeah. Was really, really bizarre. It was odd, wasn't it? Mm. And yeah, he, it, it, yeah, that was interesting how he spoke about that was the f- almost the fire that was, that was driving him. Yeah, he, yeah, he spoke about it as if it was a fire that really so he compared himself to his brother he said that that fire or what i used it as fuel for my fire whereas my brother it really affected him and it eventually cost him his life yeah you know which was you know two polar opposite ways of looking at you know their experiences growing up yeah. which was you know it, it was fascinating but what was really bizarre i think is at the end is it's arnie and you think about the story, everything. Man, he's in that ranch yeah. and he's on his own. He's, you know, in his 70s yeah. and, you know, due to the, the mistakes he'd made and, you know, which he didn't shy away from. But No, it was, it was really It honest, was a real, it? yeah, and it was a real sort of, yeah, sort of like a humbling finish to it where you're going, oh, man, like you've had it all. You've you've been there. You've, yeah. you've walked the walk, but you've. On your own now. Yeah. There's a lot of these documentaries coming. I think people in general, I certainly know I am and we at the Sports Detention are, fascinated by greatness and people who have achieved oh, great yeah. things and what makes them tick. Um, but you just love it when, like we were talking about Warney last week, yeah. and, and when they let you into their real personal life and what makes them tick, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it was he, great. He had a vice, though, Arnold. Yep. The ladies. Mm. I mean, even leading to what, you know, was clear without saying that it was – well, I mean, he pretty much did. Yeah. The biggest mistake of his life yeah. was fathering the child with the nanny. Yeah. Now, I mean, in terms of the women that Arnold had been with, yeah. I would say that she might have been on the lower end of the scale. <laughs> But he's got a son with this guy and he just absolutely, you can see that he adores his son, but it took him a long time to actually, you know, for it to come out that, yes, it's your child and this, that, the other. It was That was a real fascinating dynamic too because obviously it ended his marriage. Yeah, yeah. You know, which was a very, very famous marriage. Like people, you know, don't realise, being Australians, the Kennedy name. Yeah. Like the Kennedy name is huge. It's, you know, it's royalty in America. It is. It's and the fact that he was American married politics. to a, he was married to a Kennedy. Yeah. And he was then the governor of California. You know, and the fact that he 
you know, no longer has that marriage because of this mistake, essentially. Yeah. Is the way it's portrayed in the documentary. So it's almost like this bizarre finish where he's like, I love this son of mine and his, you know, son, like, I mean, his other children, they'd be, I mean, they'd be going, what happened? Like, seriously, he looks way like you, Dad. Yeah. And we look nothing like you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got the physique. He's he's got the genetics. He's yeah, got yeah. everything. We've been given the shaft. Yeah. So, and he speaks about it. He just goes, "I, I love this kid," you know. But it's still, I mean, I'm th- I'm just thinking. I mean, imagine the mindset of that. The, yeah. The joy that this kid brings you, yet it is your biggest mistake in your life. Yeah. Far out. Like what a. What a head turner! Yeah, and you're right. He didn't shy away from it, and um, he he was pretty open about the mistakes that he's made. And I guess that's kind of why we're intrigued by it. Somebody who has achieved so much was, you know. And when you talk about somebody who's perfect, like a bodybuilder, someone who's just sculpted, yes, you sit there, and he was quite open about his imperfections. So, oh yeah, yeah. And I think we can all. There's a there's a small piece of us all that understands the concept of imperfection, mate. Certainly, certainly, mate. But yep, I, I really it's a ripper. It. Yeah, if I, I was going to give it a rating, mate, I would have given it a nine out of ten. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm up there with you. Yeah, Absolutely. Never give a ten, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. All right, mate. So, what are we thinking now? Are we off to a bit of football. Let's get into the football, eh? Now, Potty, when we talk about football and we talked about our marathon, mm. we were in pain. There wasn't much rest and recovery that, you know, could really draw us back to, you know, our true self within such a short period of time post that marathon, was there? No. Fancy being a footballer, mate. Oh, mate. They've only just finished their internationals a week ago and now they're back to pre-season. They're back in, mate. Oh, oh we wonder why they're all dropping dead. Yep. So there's been a fair bit in the news in rugby league at the moment, the uh, RLPA, and um, oh, you know we didn't even cover we, we that. didn't the even old, touch the on old that. media ban. But um, you know, they're part of the uh, RLPA negotiations. Every time it comes up, is time off for players. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, they get a lot more than they do over in the EPL. Yeah, the poor buggers. Now, before, and I'm going to summarise the RLPA stuff. I know we're in the football section, guys. It's okay. Mm. Speak to the media, guys. And number two, give Craig Gowrie's Dally M. Yeah, come on, give it. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Everyone knows he won it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That I rest my case. Yeah, moving on. Moving okay, on. mate. Yeah, so off season, uh, the preseason starts, and obviously um, there's been a fair bit happening in the transfer um, sort of cycle. Um, preseason tours. Team's looking to get away in the next fortnight or so. So a lot I think the transfer window will heat up, mate, in yep. that time. Um now a bit of news out of uh Everton mate. Toffees, what are they doing? Well mate, there's there hasn't been much happening, have there? Like so at the moment, no no signings. And we spoke about it at the end of the year because 
I asked you, what do we need? And you said, we need to get some strike. A striker. We need to get some real strike. Dominic Calvert-Lewin yep. is a very, very good footballer. Can't stay on the pack. Tremendous footballer. Yep. Premier League, proven goal scorer, but he can't play games. No, he can't. So you need to find alternatives. Yep. That's right. So um, there has been a couple of rumours um, that they're after a couple of players. Um, Sean Dyche, very, very keen on um, uh, AC Milan. Uh, how do you pronounce so that it's one? Right. Charles uh, de Quetelet. De Quetelet? Yeah, so he's Belgian, Belgian fella. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't I, I don't know much about him, yeah. um, you know, as – you know, I could pretend that I've watched all his highlights, all his games, but I don't. Um, what is bizarre? Midfielder. Attacking midfielder. Yeah, so, see, yeah. I mean, you've bought in, you know, you've got James Garner there. You've got, yeah, I yeah. don't know if this is your glaring. Yeah. You know, obviously he's, he, he's a quality player. He's a very, very tall player. Yeah. Um, sort of, uh, yeah, a bit of the Kai Havertz mould. But, um, yeah, I don't know if he is what you need when it comes to scoring goals. Yeah. And um, somebody by the name of El Balatora? Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely know nothing about him as well, mate. So that was the first... That was the first thing that stood out to me as I was digging through El Bilal Toure. Yeah. So he's he's an Ivory Coast... player. So he's he's born in the Ivory Coast. He's he's a Mali international, Toure. So, look, he plays at Almeria in, in La Liga, but, you know, look... The the two the two rumors there, and I'm speaking to an Everton fan, is Everton have wasted a shit ton of money mm. on players. These two look at like signings that are designed to not waste money. Yep. You know, but there is obviously an inherent risk. You don't come with the the proven sort of um, pedigree. Is when that you, a bit when of Sean Dyche's MO? Possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, these could be absolutely cracking players. Yeah. I don't know anything about them. Yeah, and that's know? what that's what grabbed me when I when I was reading through today, and I had to sift through a fair bit to try and find anything happening on the toffees. And um, I looked at them and going, you know what? I'm not seeing a hell of a lot on them. I don't know them. Which you know, I, I probably don't know the football world as well as you. It's it's not unbelievable that I wouldn't have heard of them. But I was struggling to find a lot. Uh, a lot to read about them. Yeah, so. there's. I mean, there's so much talent about, and I suppose when you get teams like Brighton, mm. uh, teams like Brentford, who mm. bring in really valuable players, mm. who, you know, come through academy systems, who are very, very cheap, they on sell them for a large profit. I mean, there is a lot of work that goes into those players. Mm. Clubs like Everton. Who let's let's be fair to them? They're a big club. Yep. Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester United, Manchester City, uh, Tottenham, Chelsea. They can't sign these players mm. because there's a tax that goes with them. If these clubs are interested, say for example, um, El Bill Al Toure comes up and it says that Spurs or Arsenal are interested in him. Who else becomes interested? Manchester United. They go. Well, why are they interested in him? You must be all right. Yeah, so, I mean, it becomes very, very hard for these bigger clubs to pick up these valuable players who, you know, might be going under the radar. The yep. N'Colo Cantes, you know, these players, you know, Riyad Mahrez, the Leicester team, you know, that was formed in 2016, some cracking players yep. that were picked up cheap. You know, you think about um, 
Casado from from Brighton. You know, I mean, he was quoted to United for about four million pounds. Yeah, eighteen months ago, and now they're looking at him as a hundred million dollar midfielder. You know, he's had really good time at Brighton, but Brighton took the dig on him, and they're you know, United, those bigger clubs, uh, you know, those pushing for the top six, you know. The top end of the half, the top, they they haven't got the ability to take the risk on these players, and for the, that risk to not succeed, yeah, so yeah. it makes it a lot harder. Everton are in the position now where they've spent so much, they've wasted so much money in the past that they've probably got to look at it and go, look, we need to look at a different tact. Yeah, and yeah, there's there's a risk to that. However, it money doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't, it's not going to cost you a fortune. Yeah, that's the positive. Well. We said it at the end of last season. It's um, two years in a row where they've missed relegation by an absolute bee's dick. So they mm. really need to get some signings because, um, as you said, Dominic Calvin Lewin, bloke can't stay on the field. Yeah, and I mean some uh, yeah some big deals have gone through this week. So Granite Jacker, he's um, mm. obviously with Declan Rice coming in and Kai Havertz coming into Arsenal. Uh, their captain, Granite Jacker, he's moving on. He's gone to buy a Leverkusen. Cesar uh, Azpilicueta from Chelsea, he's done deal. He's off to Atletico Madrid. Um, so so some decent decent names moving on. It's getting that time now, obviously, with, like I mentioned before, the pre-season tours. Uh, yeah. A lot of clubs want to get their, um, you know, they want to get those signings in. Want to get them done before the the they go on preseason, get those players embedded into the squad. Yep. So I'm I'm thinking in the next week or so there'll be be a fair few moves. So um, yeah. Any others, mate? Mickey Mount, mate. Ooh. Mickey Mount's all over with uh, with United. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that. Yep. Um, I'm at the point now, mate. I I can pretend that I know a lot about football. As a as a Man United fan, as uh, I can pretend that forever, but at the end of the day, if Eric Ten Hag says I want this player, I'm I'm with him. Yeah, happy to go with that. <laughs> absolutely, you know yeah. I I'm, I mean yeah, he's quality. He's, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean he's my manager though. Yeah. You know I could I could pick to pieces. Oh, we shouldn't be buying Mason Mount. We should be spending sixty million on a striker because that's the glaring hole that we have. But at the end of the day, if Eric Ten Hag said this is my man, I'm going to give him the seven. You know, which is a big call, then I'm all in. Yeah. You know, and if Mason Mount wants to, you know, Chelsea, you know, you're not leaving, you know, Scunthorpe. Yeah. You're leaving Chelsea yeah. and you're going to Manchester United. That tells me a lot as a fan, and I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah. So, um, you know, a fair bit of movement. We'll keep an eye out on that. But uh, looking forward, do you know where the Toffees are going for their season, their pre season tour, mate? Uh, mate, to be honest with you, after the um, season we got through, I just switched right off. <laughs> oh, mate. Well, we're going to the States. Yeah, on the States. United are going to the States. So, yes, we'll be uh, keeping a good eye out for that. But, um, yeah, it obviously gets gets quite interesting. All the excitement starts to build up around uh, around the pre-season tours and players. You know, I think the international players will probably get another, another week or so off. Oh, uh, um, yes. Yes. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, yes. But, um, yeah, so it'll be good to, yeah, get the tour, get the excitement about for the uh, for the new season to kick off, even though it seems like it just never ends. No, never, ever ends. Well. But we don't complain about it at the time. No, no. Have you anything else, mate? Uh, no, mate. That's all good for me. All right, mate. Let's get on to uh, the integrity report, eh? Let's do it. 
integrity. This is Democracy Manifest. Rightio, mate. So we've bought, both brought in some integrity issues this we week. We have. Do you want to start first or how do you want to roll with this, mate? Because they're both massive issues. All right. So you roll first, mate, and then I'll jump in. Okay. No yep. worries. All right. So I'm going to roll, and I mean it piggybacks off football. Yep. Okay. We're talking about a footballer here. Uh, what do you know about John Joe Shelby, mate? Oh, not a great deal. He's, you know, got some fans out there. He's a fan of himself, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's got a – he's – I mean, he's a part of part of the ball brigade. Yeah. He's a – he's. You know, obviously, uh, he's next Liverpool player, so yeah. I'm not the biggest fan. Yeah, yeah. Play for Newcastle. He spent last season at Nottingham, mate. He did. Nottingham Forest. Now, um, John Joe has – the integrity issue has arisen with John Joe um, where he and a couple of mates, one of the players from the uh, fellow Nottingham Forest players, Chris Wood, um, and also, I believe Jesse Lingard was uh, Jesse Lingard was present, an ex Man United player. Yeah. Now um, they've gone out for a night, got a couple of beers, yeah, a bit of dancing, bit of dance, yeah. The Macarena. single bloke, yeah. single bloke. What happens after a night out with your boys, single blokes? You know, there's a good chance that maybe you might get a bit of company on the way home. Yeah. Well, John Joe. Has got some company, mate. There's a lady named Sophie who yep. has come home with him and a couple of the boys. Now, the integrity issue, you know, it's it's not one of the more serious ones that we hear, heard about uh, in the news in recent times yep. in terms of uh, men acting extremely inappropriately. Yep. But uh, I'm going to put the I'm going to pose the question out for the punters on, you know, what's your opinion on John Joe's actions? So what has apparently occurred? And this is according to the Mirror, is that um, Sophie uh, has reported that um, she was taken home by a couple of Premier League footballers, and obviously for a, for a bit of kick-ons. Yep. And they've gone back to uh, John Joe's house, and um, you know he thought that there was no better moment than bringing a nice young lady home to throw on his highlight reel. So he's ducked on the YouTube, has he? So, yeah, apparently he's brought this girl home, she, and she's a very attractive young woman, young Sophie. Um, so he's brought her home and, uh, you know, just obviously possibly looking to seal the deal, he's um, decided to grab a seat on the couch with the boys and throw on the John Joe Shelby highlights reel. Right. What do you think about that, Potty? Oh, mate, I tell you what. Um, he's confident. Yeah, I, I don't know how to read it, mate. Now, as you get further into the story, it obviously outlines the fact that um, that Chris Wood was there, he, who played alongside John Joe Shelby at Newcastle, and Jesse Lingard was apparently present. Uh, these are all allegedly. So this is according to the Mirror article. Now, apparently John Joe, during the highlight presentation, was sitting there on his phone which, I mean, you could only... The room, the rumour mill starts ticking. He was obviously on Tinder. Yep. So he he wasn't even really that interested in Sophie. He's thrown on the highlight. I think he's thrown it on for the boys. He's thrown it on for the lads. I reckon he has thrown it on and just gone, you know what, whoever's come over to my house 
they're going to have a nice, good, delicious entree of my highlights. Yeah, right. Because, okay. Yeah, so apparently Sophie said that, no, I mean, he just sat there slumped on the sofa scrolling through his phone. So um, obviously Twitter has gone bonkers yep. hearing this story and they've jumped all over John Joe. But, I mean, what are your thoughts, Potty? Well, it's a strange one. So th- there hasn't been any Have you made anyone watch the UNE rugby highlights <laughs> from your uni days, mate, when you've brought them over? Well, mate, <laughs> I haven't. Um, well, in fairness, n- bit short, those highlights. <laughs> Wouldn't go all that long. Yeah, mate, oh, I don't know what to make of that. That's just um, – that's one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard. I, I – yeah, it, it's almost a bit. Do you know who I am? Yeah, it's it's really bizarre because I basically when I looked at the headline, I was like, oh well, obviously he's sat Sophie down. He said, right, yeah, here you go, darling. Now I'm going to throw the highlights on. Tell me what you think. Yeah. Okay, and then you know, bit of Netflix and chill. You know, we all know where that goes. Do you know what it reminds me of? Have you seen Starsky and Hutch? Oh, like, <laughs> where he gets out the guitar. Oh. <laughs> he, yeah. That's another That's a, a different version of the guitar I mean I'd probably be better off putting my highlights up Than playing a <laughs> guitar uh, But yeah he's, he's clearly gone what, what I mean is he's clearly gone To what he feels is yeah. his biggest strength and, but, um, the, but he it's Yeah the bizarre thing is He then Appears to show a complete lack of interest in Sophie By sitting on his phone Well <laughs> Swiping yeah. away So Anyway, I mean, the integrity issue is out there. I've put it out there for the listeners. You let us know what you think about John Joe Shelby. Now, do you want to know what the title of the video was, mate? What was it, mate? John Joe Shelby, the playmaker. <laughs> Skills and goals for Newcastle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A team he wasn't even playing for anymore. <laughs> well, I think it's a bit of a knob act. But oh. at the end of the day... There's worse things that have happened in this world when football players have taken women back to their house. So I think we dodged a bullet there, and so did the little terrier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that was a really un, um, a left-field one there, mate, but I, I love the research. Um, never any stone um, unturned as far as you and the integrity report oh, is concerned, mate. We believe in integrity. Like flies to shit, those stories. That's right, mate. That's right. What do you got for us? Mate, I need to jump into something as well, and it's something we're going to be talking about in our next segment as well. The cricket, mate, the Ashes. Did you catch the controversy (sighs) last week? Couldn't miss it, mate. It was like a freight train, and I'd tripped over on the tracks, mate. It was cleaning everybody up. So for our listeners out there, uh, you've probably you've probably seen it, but uh, there was some con- controversy last uh, last week in the last day of the Test match. Um, basically, um, Johnny Bairstow has walked out of his crease when he presumed the over was uh, over, the ball was dead, and the yeah. umpire hadn't caught it, and the stumps were thrown down by Alex Carey, and he was effectively run out for leaving his crease. Yeah, and the uproar. From the England players, from the fans, from the members, and we're we're talking about Lords, the home of cricket. Yeah, uh, was 
fairly there was a bit of carry on. There was fairly significant. So my question to you is, mate, because there is this um, issue in cricket of there being. Um, uh, uh, what do they call it? The uh, the name's evading me at the moment. Like a gentleman's agreement. There are certain things yeah. you don't do, even though it's technically within the bounds of um, spirit of cricket. Yeah, so uh, the spirit of the game. Yeah, so, uh, technically within the bounds of the rules, you shouldn't you shouldn't do it. So, say for example, if you're a bowler and you're running in uh, to bowl, and someone Ooh. takes a, a, a batsman takes a Man step caddy. out of there, yeah, you, you can't. You're not meant to do that. Technically. Yeah, can I caveat that with yeah. the, And I don't know how I was watching this movie. Yeah, but it was it Bodyline mm. where Hugo Weaving oh, played Hugo. Yeah, I, like I, I don't. It looked shit. Like yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure if I probably watched it with an open mind at the moment, it might be a decent flick. Yeah, but I just remember seeing a part of it. Is it where? So if you are going to man cat someone, you've just got to show the the ball. Yeah. So that's almost like the gentleman's thing where you will show the non-striker the ball before you go into bowl as an indication that, hey, stay in your crease, otherwise I'll get you. Yeah, so I, th- I, I think, think that's – I think yeah. that's yeah. – I think um, back in the day that was the idea. I, I think nowadays it's just a leave your crease again and I'm taking the I'm taking the bails yeah. off and you're gone. Um, so anyway, going back to Johnny Bairstow – what do you make of it, mate? What what what's your opinion on it? Um, my opinion on it is you walked out of your crease, you got out. Um, I, yeah, I struggle with the whole spirit of the game argument. Like, I mean, it's professional cricket. Yeah, let's call a spade a spade. It's professional sports. That's right. There's high a lot level of money sport. involved. There's a lot of, on the line. You know, I mean, this was a lot of people disagree with Gilly. Yeah, you know, when he walk. Yeah, you know, a lot of people disagreed and said, "Oh, you know, you got to play to the whistle, or you play to the umpire's call, this, that, and the other." He had a different interpretation of that. Went, you know what? It's my thing. I'm going to walk. That was his choice. Yeah. But you know, there's been a debate around this for a long period of time. But at the end of the day, you know, if if you're showing a trait, which is walking out of your crease. The ball goes to the keeper and you are well, you know, within the rules of the game going to be run out if, if the keeper just catches and throws it in. Yeah, too bad, so sad. Yeah, basically their argument is he thought the over had been called and it hadn't been called, so you can't leave your crease. Yeah. Johnny Bairstow had actually tried to do the same thing two days earlier. Oh, yeah. So for, I don't really know how England could be – up in arms. So I, I don't buy into the hypocrisy of the yeah. you did this, you did that. Like Brendan McCullum is the coach and, I mean, there's thousands of these. I mean, you know. Basball. Yeah. I mean, he, bloody, you know, just sitting in front of a court and in front of a judge trying to plead his innocence from, uh, from match fixing at one stage. So, I mean, the integrity yeah. is, you know, if you're going to point fingers around and go, oh, this is spirit of the game and that, that's why I think you've got to throw it out. Yeah. Just go, you know, everyone's integrity is going to come into question at some point. Yeah. So what do you do? That's right. You do whatever it takes to win a game. 100%. I didn't find there was anything wrong with it. I thought he left his crease when he shouldn't have and he was running out. Bad luck. Too bad. So sad. I bet he doesn't do that again. Yep. All right, mate. That's where I landed on the integrity report. 
Well, Would I be thinking about it if it, the roles had been reversed? I honestly don't think so. I think I'd be saying the same thing if an Australian had got run out by Johnny Bairstow. Yep. Saying, mate, bad luck. Stay on your game. Aren't Australian. Hmm? Stand your ground. Stand your ground. <laughs> All right, All right mate. mate. Let's <laughs> jump mate. in. Yeah. Other sport. Go. Keep going. Rightio, mates. Uh, fight sports, mate. They are serving us up an absolute delight this weekend. UFC, You're excited, aren't you, mate? You are absolutely stoked. UFC 290, mate. Volkanovski versus Rodriguez. The big featherweight fight. This has been, uh, you know, probably about six months in the making mm. since um, Yaya Rodriguez took the interim title. Yeah, right. And uh, Volkanovski, Alexander Volkanovski, uh, took on Islam Makachev for the lightweight title on the same card. Uh, it was set up, and uh, the collision course is this weekend. Um, it's going to be a massive fight, and, I mean, they haven't disappointed. I, I spoke earlier about the fact that we, we get a decent card once every four months. This weekend is it because is it is an absolute barn burner. Two title fights, so Volkanovski, Rodriguez, um, and Brendan Moreno, the flyweight title, uh, is on the line as well as uh, he's versing Alexandre Pantoja as well, which will be an absolute cracker. Um, yeah, pretty pretty sure like pretty short odds for for Moreno, so he's a, a slight favourite there. But uh, Pantoja hits hard, so th- that'll be an interesting fight. And he's very, very dangerous um, with his with his grappling. So his jiu-jitsu is, is top-notch, Pantoja. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting fight. Um, third fight um, down from the card, Robert Whitaker, Australia's yeah. own. Yeah. He's uh, fighting Driscus Duplessis. Uh, he's a massive favourite for that one. Um, Whitaker, I, I can't see how he does not win that fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Duplessis, what he does well, uh, Whitaker has the skills to negate that. Yeah, So, okay. um, yeah, I, I mean, it sets up that this is an absolute win-win for the UFC. Yeah. So, biggest gate total was Robert Whitaker versus Israel Adesanya. Yeah. They did that at Marvel Stadium. Yeah. So, if Whitaker wins this one, obviously he's the next in line for the title shot. So, you get that one. Yep. So, I mean... Do you hate money? UFC yeah. loves it. Driscus Duplessis, he's gone out there and he's some new blood, but he's from South Africa and he's told Izzy that I'm a true African, you're not because you live in New Zealand. So he's started this little, you know, uh, sort of war of words yeah. where Israel has said that he's going to drag his carcass across Africa and there's a, a bit of yeah, yeah, that's bit, a- bit of shit talk there, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean... Someone who is he this time? Oh, I mean, I I don't mind either of the fights to be yeah. honest. Um, I think obviously Whitaker would be a real good challenger. He, you know, it was a pretty close fight last time. Is he? Is he's beat him twice? Mm. But um, yeah, I think he's got the game plan and the skills to to take it to Izzy. 
But um, then there's obviously the storyline be- behind Driscus Duplessis where, mm. you know, you do that one in. You could do it in Africa if you wanted to. Yeah. You know, um, so I don't think the, the UFC loses despite who, who wins this fight, but I just cannot see um, Driscus Duplessis beating Robert Whittaker. I mean, he probably wants to close the distance, wrestle with Rob, but, I mean, Rob's too good. Yeah. I, I mean, if I, I, that's a lock, that, for me. Yeah. I have been wrong before. It is mixed martial arts. Anything can happen, but, I mean, that is close as a lock for me. Oh, wow. Big call, big call. Rightio, two, um, two other fights on the card, and it's a, it's a great card. So Dan Hooker, he's always an excitement machine. He's fighting Jalen Turner at lightweight. And this one, mate, if, do you want to make a little bit of money but have to put down all the money? Because the first fight on the card is Bo Nickel versus Val Woodburn. Now, what's the conversion from the US odds? Because Bo Nickel is minus 1300. Which, let's have a look at Bo Nickel. Here we go. Let's get it from our friends at Sportsbet. Right out because Bo Nickel is a dollar four, mate. A dollar four. A <laughs> dollar four. Now, if you were to put a hundred thousand dollars on that, mate, you'll get yourself a nice little four grand. <laughs> oh, are you willing to taste the take the risk, mate? I wouldn't breathe for that whole fight. Oh, mate, that's no. awful. Terrible, mate. Terrible, but um, no, under no, that's. Four hundred bucks. Four hundred bucks. One oh four. Yeah, no, sorry, my my bad. That's not four grand. That's four hundred dollars. <laughs> That's even worse. Uh, oh, I've just had a brain explosion. Then that was awful. Awful maths. No, no, that's certainly not the bet I'm going to be putting on. So, uh, yeah, an absolute stack card. And obviously, uh, for those who just want to watch it on the um, on the KO before the main card starts and don't want to get the pay per view, a, a lovely fight to finish. Robbie Lawler's final fight. Legend Robbie Lawler, he's fighting Nico Price. Nico Price is game as they come. Um, he's a, a favourite in that one, but um, that's going to be a cracking fight. So all happening UFC 290, mate. Yeah. What else we got? In the world of sport, mate, a lot yeah. happening over in Europe at the moment, mate. Tennis, Wimbledon. Wimbledon's on grass the season. grass. Uh, so still the very early days of the tournament. They haven't even progressed through to the third round yet because there's been rain delays. You wouldn't believe it. Mm. Um, rain in England. Rain in England. Uh, ends draw, big names that are through. Uh, Yannick Sinner, Novak Djokovic, on uh, Andrei Rublev. Uh, they're all through and they're all in top ten uh, through to the third round, as is a couple of old favourites, David Goffin. Uh, Grigor uh, Dimitrov and Stan the Man Stanislas Warinka. So they're all through. Um, there's also been a number of matches which is still to get played um, because of that rain delay I was speaking about before. Uh, uh, world number one, Carlos Alcatraz, uh, Stefano Sitsipas, Alexander Zerev, Daniel Medvedev. And the Demon, Alex Demonor, they're all playing very soon. But the one we're all looking at at the moment is Andy Murray is currently 
uh, play was suspended is uh, holding a two sets to one lead over Stefano Sitsipas in a mm. big upset on the cards there. You know, wouldn't you like to see Andy Murray just bust Ooh. through and do something special? Right. Uh, don't know if he'll get there, but... If um, he doesn't, he's Scottish. Yep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't back in 2013, no. I think he it was. was. He was Brit. Um, uh, so... That'll be a big boil over. The match I'm really looking forward to is um, we've got uh, Stan the Man. He's coming up against Novak in round three. Uh, And, you know, the Joker, he's obviously gone to 23 Grand Slam titles, uh, most recently winning the French Open, taking over Rafa Nadal as the most um, uh, Grand Slam winning male Mm. of all time. Hell of an achievement. The GOAT. The GOAT, the GOAT. And everyone's expecting him to win this in a walk. And you know what? He probably will. But someone who's not going to fear him is Big Stan. Stan mm. has um, doesn't have a winning record against Novak. But I tell you, he doesn't fear him either. Stan's won three majors. He's won the US Open, the Australian Open, and the French Open. And he's beaten Novak on the way to winning all of those, including mm. beating him in the French Open final, I think, back in 2015 and the US Open back in 2016. So punters out there. Mm. Punners out Stan there. Stan is looking likely to complete the set. Now... Is that the tip? Well, I'll, he grass isn't his best surface. He hasn't really proven to be a, a mainstay in the semi-final scene, hasn't made a final at Wimbledon, so... <laughs> You know, I wouldn't be throwing your life savings on it. Yes, but I just—I don't know. I feel like Stan. He might have—he might have something special in for us. And while a number of these youngsters, Carlos, Alex Dimonor, uh, uh, Sitsipas, and Zarev have, have struggled against um, Novak on these big stages, Stan's proven that when he's on, he—he he can get the job done. So, mm. come on, Stan. Uh, the ladies draw. Um, What's happening with the girls? Well, mate, that's very early days as well. We've obviously got um, uh, world number one, Inga Swatek. Uh, she barely broke a sweat getting through the first round or the first couple of rounds. And um, But I will say she's been doing really, really well, but she is beatable on grass. Mm. She hasn't proven to be as dominant on grass as she has on other surfaces over the last 18 months. Um, Australian Open champion uh, Anya um, Sabalenka. Uh, so she was a semi-finalist here in 2001, or there, should I say, in 2001, and she was also a semi-finalist in the French Open just a month ago. So she won the Australian Open. She won the... Uh, 2021. So, so, sorry? 2021, she was a semi-finalist. 2021, that, yeah, sorry. Yep. You said 2001. 2001. Thinking, did sorry, she, mate. she go off and have another life? Or? <laughs> so, sorry, two years ago in 2021, she was a um, semi-finalist. Ash Barty, you heard it here first. 2042 Australian Open champion. Mate, put your life savings on that. So, um, yeah, I think um, those two are going to be right up there. And also um, thereabouts will be Elena Rabankina. And she was she's the reigning champion and uh, mm. she got through her first couple of rounds rather quickly. So I think she's going to be thereabouts again. Um, you know, there's the... The lady side of the draw, you always see a few um, surprises, a few upsets coming through in these early rounds. But I think I'm going to be surprised to find that the winner doesn't come from one of the top three seeds here mm. on the grass uh, this year. So uh, tough to go back to back, but uh, she's given herself every chance at the moment. 
Mm. Oh, um, very good. In other news, five-time um, Wimbledon champion, Venus Williams, made a return. I was unfortunately comprehensively beat in the first round. Uh, look, unfortunately, uh, I, I think we've seen the best of Venus Williams and, you know, taking another championship uh, at uh, Wimbledon, I don't think will be happening, but it was good to see her out there. Yeah. Now, obviously, the um, Wimbledon, yep. it's, um, you know, it's a it's a hard Grand Slam to win. Yep. Some would say a puzzle. A puzzle? What do you Now, mean? am I correct in the I've heard that these fuckwits from Stop Oil have come out and thrown puzzle pieces all over the court. They have, mate. They oh, have. Mate. oh, mate. We blasted these knobs weeks ago when they were parking listening? when they were parking in front of good, honest, hardworking Britons yep. trying to get to work. That's right. Mate, they're absolutely they've just been a pest lately, haven't they? They've been Popping up at every single so because they were at the they were at the ashes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, fuck off. Yeah. Get out of here. So do you, do you know how they fixed all that up? How they cleaned it up? How the, they do it, mate? The players. The players. The players picked it up. Oh, did they? <laughs> so the players just picked it up, threw it off. All right. Yeah. Back on. And you know what I'm going to do tomorrow, Potty? What are you going to do? Mate? I'm going to go and fill my guzzling truck up with diesel. Yeah, mate. I did that as well today <laughs> on the way down. Filled it up and then I stuck the boot in on the way home yeah, as well. Yeah, well. Yep. Well, anyway. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. Don't have to have red hair and big shoes to be a clown. Yep, that's right. You pelicans. Moving on, mate. What, what have you got for us in the world of motorsport? Mate, I'm going to start with the F1. So the, the F1. F1. So they were at the Red Bull Ring, mm. I mean, last week. And do you want to have a guess who won? Who won, mate? It, it wasn't Maxi, was it? Max Verstappen. Oh. So I'm starting to think that Max Verstappen um, is possibly, you know, he needs to – he needs to challenge himself. Yep. And he's winning too easily at the moment. I'm thinking that Max Verstappen probably needs a car like Fred Flintstone. Yeah, yeah, right. Eh? So he needs to, you know, get the feet running. Foot power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's it. make it interesting. The last couple of races, let's just make it interesting. Yeah. Let's get the old Fred Flintstone car out. It's not even close. It's not. It's no. uh, so basically, yeah. I mean, the the issue for me is usually I I get up for these races and I, I at least take a keen interest. A lot of the time I don't get them live, especially the Northern Hemisphere races. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I was just like, oh, but of course he's on pole. Yep, oh, he'll win. Yep. But um, that's it for the F one. But NASCAR, mate. NASCAR. The Seppos. The Seppos have been blown away from. A gun driver who has come to them from across the Dutch, Shane Van Gisbergen, mate. Gizzy. What do you know about Shane? Mate, well, I'll tell you what, I don't know heaps about the um, motorsport in Australia, and I know Shane. Yeah, so. well, he's won he's won the, the supercars a couple yes, of times. He's yeah. won a couple of titles. But anyway, so he's gone. I believe he's yeah, won Bathurst. I think he's won Bathurst. Yeah. yeah. I mean, surely. Come on. Anyway, he's gone over to NASCAR. And he's won the race. Won over in NASCAR. Which wow. NASCAR's massive. Like oh, huge. I mean, you've only got it. You, you just watch Talladega Nights and you'll see how massive NASCAR is. Yep. The Seppos love it. They absolutely now, love it. Now, the issue is 
is they're frothing. Shane, Van- how has this fella from New Zealand come over here and won our nation's race? Yeah. The problem is, is because you're on a straight circuit, boys. You're not going around. You're not going around and around and around old Talladega. Oh, you know, so they've set him up. I mean, he's just come over and they're frothing. And it's like, mate, have you not watched a bit of Mount Panorama before, guys? That's right. These V8 boys can drive. That's right. But uh, obviously a great story, massive for... Australian motorsports and, you know, if there's a lot of drivers in the V8 supercars who sort of, you know, we talked about Maxi Verstappen needing to scratch a different itch, you know, I mean, the opportunities to get over there and race in NASCAR. Marcus Ambrose made a good shake of it. He was obviously the trailblazer. But, um, yeah, I think it's great for motorsport where, you know, athletes can sort of go through different classes, different uh, sort of styles and, and challenge themselves. I think it's great. Yeah. And there's probably a few extra bones to earn over there. Oh, well, I'd say there's a few extra dollars to put in your skyrocket. So, yeah, good on you. Well done. Very proud. Speaking of NASCAR, though, stream of the week. Surely we've got to do Talladega Nights. Well, I think so. We would have to do, yeah, we'd have to do stream of the week Talladega Nights. Yep. Mate, that's an absolute pisser. It's one of my favourites. Oh, mate. Uh, you know, Will Farrell, how do you go wrong? Yeah, it's yeah. good. I, it's the the prayer scene. The, oh, definitely. The mate. grace scene at dinner is just, it's Hollywood royalty. Yep. Absolutely. Golf, um, mate. Golf, mate. So, Ricky Fowler, he's backed up what he's done at the US Open where he had a fantastic um, uh, competition, but fell away on the um, last day. So, how long has it been before drinks for Ricky? It's been a couple of years. I yeah, think. so I don't. I, I think he did win in two thousand and one last time on the PGA. I think I was. I think I saw that the other day. But it's been a few years since he's actually been. Two thousand and one or twenty one. Did I say 2001 again? 2001 again. What am I doing, mate? 2021, yeah. This is fantastic. Oh, mate. What am I doing? Come on. I love it. 2021. I think so. Probably wrong now that I've said it, but. um, Who cares? Let's just roll with it. Change the record books. So he has picked up. Uh, and he's won the Rocket Mortgage Classic, beating Colin Morikawa, uh, two-time major champion, uh, in a playoff. And, uh, you know, it was quite an exciting finish as well. So, well done, Ricky. Yeah, we love well you. And, you and, know, and what about the weight off his shoulders? Oh, what like, about the weight? Oh. Do, you, do you know what, though, mate? I mean, it's been 22 years since he's won one. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, it's a long time between rings. But I figured out what, what it was. He was back in the orange, mate. Oh, he yes. He was back in the yes, orange. Yeah, we spoke lo- about that last week, We mate. love Ricky in the orange. Oh, yeah, do you know what that means? Spoke about it last week. He's wearing it this week. He's a fan. He's a, he's a listener. Yeah. So, I Ricky, mean, we're proud of you. We, yep. Thank you, mate. And, uh, you know, keep listening. Stick with us, mate. We'll, we'll get you through. Yep. That's 100% right, mate. We absolutely love you here at the Sports Detention. All right, so, um, and there's obviously some fairly big news uh, going on in the cricket world at the moment, the Ashes. Yeah, mate. So, quick recap of... Quick la- turnaround. Oh, I mean, quick turnaround. Huge turnaround. turnaround. Like, we talked about the EPL earlier, not getting a spell. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't be you couldn't be overly happy with that short turnaround. But anyway... Did they change the calendar? Like, once Nathan Lyon went down with his oh, calf God. injury, you reckon, let's... 
We're going to bring the third test Mate, a that week sounds closer. Like another issue for the integrity report to me. Yeah, I think there's definitely it stinks. Yeah, oh, it does, mate. It does. So the Aussies got the result, won by I think forty three runs. So it was a close one in the end. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, but that gives them a two nil series lead, which is um, huge over there. So three test to go. Obviously, yeah. um, the one going on at the moment is really important. Nathan Lyon. Uh, he picked up an injury. So I heard the other day, just as the test was starting, that Nathan Lyon was going to play his 100th, maybe. I think it was his 100th test in a row. Okay. And they were talking about how that was, you know, just unbelievable, unheard of. And mm. what what an in, what an incredible feat. And I knew from that second on he was doomed. Yeah, good old-fashioned kiss of death. That's exactly what it was, mate. And so he's gone down with a fairly serious calf injury and it has knocked him out for the entire series. Yeah. So, um, you know, he went out and he batted in the first innings over there. for I think it was the first innings for Australia. Really braved it out. Chipped in for 11 runs, I think it was. Now, did he get a runner? Uh, well, I don't think they have runners anymore. I'm not sure that they do. Arjuna runner to oh, you mate, grub. Could he do a Any of the any of the listeners out oh. there who don't know who Arjuna runner Tonga is now? <laughs> oh, <laughs> just you said the name off, mate. Oh. Growing up in the nineties, you knew who Arjuna runner Tonga was because, mate, he would just look at. I mean, if he walked past a treadmill. I mean, he'd call for a runner. <laughs> he dead set. So he was Sri Lankan captain. Yep. And he would always just claim that he had an injury and he'd get... I think Jai Saria would come out and run for him, who was an absolute whippet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just the biggest piss take. It was back in the days when Daryl Hare was called the Burley for no balls oh. and all that. It was just, yeah. So Arjuna Ranatunga, go and research him up, guys. He's an absolute bludger. And I mean... He was no – who was the fellow who played for Trinidad and Tobago? Was it Trinidad or Barbados, the, the policeman who was about a buck 20? Oh, he, was, yeah. he wasn't that big. Yeah. But, um, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh. He was, I think it was the 08 World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but Arjuna, <laughs> he was carrying a bit of timber. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, look, he was he – He was, never fielded any further out than first slip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was probably Jared after – you know, being on the subway diet for three months. He wasn't quite down there yet. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, so check it out. Arjuna Ranatunga is an absolute pisser. Mate, an absolute ripper. And um, so, yeah, so he, he batted on Nathan Lyon, but he, he couldn't bowl. Uh, Steve Smith, man of the match, he was the difference. Another fantastic knock. Got Australia a, a century. I think it was his thirty. Second test century, so um, you know where does he sit in the? Didn't greatest? even need the leggies. He didn't need the. Leggies. Didn't they, oh, I think when you th- every time there's a question around spin bowling for Australia, I just think, oh gee, get Smithy, roll the roll the leggies over, because people forget that Steve Smith was the next Shane Warne. He was. He was. He came into the Australian squad as a leg spin bowler. I'm pretty sure they just put him in because he had blonde hair. Like, yeah, you know, I mean. Bleached blonde hair. So. But, I mean, he turned out to be a decent batter. That's right. So he's right up there amongst the the greats now, even with Steve Waugh, as far as most centuries mm. for Australia. Um, Ricky Ponting's obviously nine clear of him. Yeah. So he scored a lot of runs and his average is very high. Whether he can keep that going for many years, whether he can get Ricky Ponting's re- record, I don't know. But yeah. as far as Australian batsman, he's right up there. Steve Walker could, could break a partnership too with the with the 
medium paces. No, I couldn't. Yeah. He, couldn't he? Just, he'd, try, he'd give himself the ball every now and then. A few lollies down there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what. And Mark Wall with a bit off spin. Oh, oh. Marky. Marky. He could bowl. Were Mark they Wall. were they more versatile back in the day? Oh, I think so. I think uh, yeah. as it's become more professional cricket over the years, I imagine people have just dedicated themselves to one craft at a younger age and therefore yeah. the other one's fallen away a little bit. See, people, the listeners at home, wouldn't even know about Michael Bevan and the oh. left-arm Chinaman. Now, you can't say that anymore because that would be cultural appropriation apparently. Yep. But, uh, yeah, Michael Bevan used to bowl out the back of the hand, the old wrist spinners. Yep. Which was called the left arm Chinaman. Yep, Bevy. What was it? Ninety four, mate. Four off the last oh, ball yes. against the West Indies to get us home. Oh, love Michael, you, Bev. Love Michael you, Bev. Bevan. And um, yeah, so that was um, a um, yeah another great knock by uh, Smithy, and then Starkey moved to outright number five on the list of all time Aussie wicket takers. Yes, behind um, Dennis Lilly. Uh, the goat Nathan Lyon himself nearly at 500 496 I believe Glenn McGrath is up around just below the 600 mark about um, 560 580 or something like that and of course mate the great Shane Warne 708 yes okay so with a bit of research mate the first test cricketer of Chinese origin was who they named the Chinaman ball after left arm leg spinning really yeah. So why are left arm spinners called Chinamen? We mate, we're breaking news here on well, the uh, there you go on the sports sports detention. So I mean, they could be giving us a bum steer here. They could be, mate. They could be. So yeah. So left arm leg spin. So out the back of the hand is, but it was called uh, the Chinamen. So West Indian spinner Ellis Chong. Mm. Okay, back in 1933, England hosted the West Indies in a test match at Old Trafford, and a Chong is said to be a left-arm orthodox yep. spinner um, or slow left arm. However, uh, yeah, he was getting some turn, and he got uh, one of the one of the players stumped, and um, yeah, so as the player was walking. Uh, from the field, uh, the pavilion, uh, somebody said, fancy being done by a bloody Chinaman. Wow. And that's, and where that's it came how from. it's come to Chinaman. So, a few notable Chinaman bowlers Paul Adams, South Africa, Michael Bevan, Brad Hogg, and Simon Cadditch. Yep. Some, oh, mate. Bring back Chinaman. Well, come on. Come mate, on. Let's, let's, I'm sick let's of political it. correctness. It's not orthodox, it's Chinaman. No, mate. Um, and to that bloke I'm who got. And, um, done by a bloody Chinaman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, uh, and the third test, which is going on as we speak, and, um, you know, uh, Australia, uh, we're all out for 263 in the first dig, and uh, England are currently 5 for 121. Ben Stokes still in there, mate, so very dangerous. Mm. Uh, but as the prodigal son returns, mate, Mitch Marsh, he's back. So Cam Green's a very minor hamstring strain, and so they brought in Mitch Mars just to mm. cover him, not going to do much. 100. Mate, Happy well days. done, Mitch Marsh. What a knock. Yeah. Um, great great to see him back. He, him bet. and his brother, have, geez, they've copped some unfair yes. um, chop over the years. They've, they've been 
uh, dropped unfairly, I think. They've performed well when they've been there. They certainly haven't been given the same time to um, sort of cement their spot as other players. So I was really happy to see Mitch Marsh do that. And he took well, you think about you think about David Warner's lack of runs yeah. recent times. You know exactly. That. He's he's we're going to give him the time. That's right. So does pay. You know, Mitch Marsh is going. Um, I think he's only thirty-one still. Mm. So in cricketing terms, that's not very young ridiculously old and he, he took a wicket as well so uh, well done to him and hopefully he can take a few more and you know Cam Green's a great young player I'm not suggesting that he's taken his spot but um, yeah it's always good to see um, Speaking of greatness mm. the multi mate Oh the multi Mate how'd you go? Mate ducking onto the multi mate uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Mate. Mate, I tell you what, there, there wasn't much good to come out of the Cowboys game versus the Tigers last week, except for my first half three-legged multi. Oh, mate, how good is that? You could have got it twice, couldn't mate, you? I could have got it twice. There were tries left, right and centre. And, you know, I was thinking it was easy money. Yes. Yes. What about you, mate? Mate, nothing. 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 Nothing changes for some of us. But, uh, yeah, no good. But no good. I'll, I'll pick myself up off the canvas and I'll go again this week. Happy days, mate. Happy days. Oh, All very right. good, mate. So we're at the... Uh, penis of the week? The penis of the week, mate. Mate, I'm just going to jump in real quick. Um, the members at Lords, mate. Last week, the uh, Johnny Bairstow incident that I spoke about earlier, the members, uh, as the Australian cricketers were walking through, were, you know, basically going too far. Yeah. You know, the carry on as far as the way they held themselves, what they were apparently saying to the Australian players. I mean, at the end of the day, guys, bad luck. That's what happened. He was given out. Mm. It was, yeah, it, I thought they were carrying on like absolute pelicans, mate. I wasn't happy with it. And for that point of view, penis of the week. Penis of the week. Okay. Uh, fair play. Bit of uh, penis of the week for me. I'm, I'm going a different tact, mate. I'm going outside the realms of sport. Mm. Got into politics, mate. Politics? A bit of politics. Or sort of. Roseanne Barr. Yep. You know about Roseanne? I know you about remember Roseanne. the show back in the day? Oh, yeah. It's a good show, Roseanne. Yep. So Roseanne's obviously a stand-up com- comedian. Mm. She's pretty funny. Um, she's pretty controversial as well, Roseanne. So anyway, I just came across a bit of a headline, and I don't, I don't really – Buy into headlines too much. I just uh, it said something about Roseanne, uh, Roseanne Barr claiming the Holocaust didn't happen. And I was like, oh, okay, moving on. Anyway, so I didn't think of anything of it. And then I was listening to a podcast through the week and I actually just inadvertently got the full story about it. Yeah. And I listened to the recording of it and she was clearly being sarcastic. She is Jewish. It was unbelievable. I was like, the penis of the week is anybody in media who thinks they can just write things and report on things, even though they are grossly untrue, Yeah, you are a penis. Like, I didn't bite, yeah. but I can imagine there would be millions of people around the world who bite on things like that, yeah. you know, who are looking for controversy. But for... For people to be able to publish that garbage yeah. and think that it's okay, even though it's clear as day that if you listen to the soundbite of what she said, she was clearly being sar- sarcastic because she caveated that with the fact that black people run rap 
I mean, they it doesn't get much more obvious than that. Yeah. But you know, it was just crazy the 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 way it was and the way it was portrayed. And I thought, you know what, anybody who you know, tries to make an income or tries to thrive off controversy on the back of just complete lies, you're a penis. I agree, mate. 100% well said. Yeah, because it doesn't make our world a better place. It does not. It really doesn't. And you're ruining it. Yeah, and leave comedy alone. Yep. I love comedy. Comedy's fun. (laughs) Well, mate, that's us. We've done. Knocked it on the head. Thank you for being with us again. Anything else to add, mate, before we... Before we finish up. No, mate. Have a great weekend, everyone. Rightio. Uh, well, if you are anyone down at uh, Coogee, home of the Wombats, we say goodnight. And farewell. <laughs>